It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's up, man? What's going on? We're barking. We're darking. We're darking, barking. I don't even know how you dark, but we're doing that, man. Boy, I'm in bad shape for some reason tonight. I, I've, I've, I'm, I went live, didn't go live earlier. Like we started, the, I tried to start the show like a minute ago and uh, just completely jacked it up. But uh, listen, you're. I'm going to go ahead and throw the disclaimer out there. Bark, bark after dark is a deeply unserious show. Uh, watch show at your own discretion um we may or may not talk much about georgia football but probably will talk a little bit about georgia football tonight because we've got georgia legend uh brandon cablano on with us tonight um he is uh he's he's just been graceful enough with his time to join us and uh we're mainly going to goof off but we're going to talk a little bit about the transition between mark rick and kirby smart and his time and all that stuff but uh before we get to that jake Roos, what's going on with you dude Man, not too much. Uh, what a week it's been, dude. The uh, the weather has been absolutely terrible around here. Um, so cold, and then it rained, and um, so man, I've just been kind of put away, um, trying to stay out of the streets, and you know, uh, get through these last few days of dry January as well. That's been one of the keys to it. Stay out of the streets. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm out of these yeah. streets. You know how I be. My wife's been. My wife's always been. I found it a challenge to keep me out of the streets too. Um, <laughs> so if we just keep this man out of the streets. He'll be. He'll be good. We can. We can have a happy life together if we can just keep him out of the streets. Yeah, it's been. But it's been good, man. It's. Uh, you know, I, I. I'm with all these people. I've seen all these. Like January has been so long memes, and I'm with it, dude. January has really drug on this year. It's because you're doing dry January. It feels like that. Yeah, time disappears when you're drunk all the time. There's no doubt. It does. It does disappear when you're drunk all the time. What you up to? Uh, not a whole lot, man. We're, um, uh, you know, I held strong for as long as I possibly could on not getting a dog. Uh, we've we've been dogless for about 18 months. Um, it looks like we're about to get a dog. So, um, you know, I talked to you earlier today. I was on my way to a shelter trying to get a rescue, so I don't have to pay out the out the wazoo for a dog um but looks like i'm gonna have to pay out the wazoo for a dog uh probably not that we're, we're, we're gonna be cheap about it but we're also just trying to find a dog that's not gonna shed us out of house and home and all that stuff but uh yeah i've been broken down um my family has uh has basically like i told you earlier today you, here's my philosophy you hold as strong as you can for as long as you can and then when you can't anymore you grab a hold of this thing with two, you know, you grab a hold of it by both handles and you try to control it. Like you, you try to make it the best it can possibly be for you. And that's kind of the way I've looked at it. Understandable. I agree. I agree. I think that's all you can do, man. That's all that can be asked of a, a man in your shoes. Yeah. Um, Rhett Womack really hits the nail on the head as far as Jake Roos here with a little thug life. I uh, got to keep Jake Roos out of them streets. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> West Coast over here in, in Copper Hill, Tennessee. Yeah. No, I'm about as far east coast in Tennessee as you could possibly be. Yeah. Uh, Rhett Womack says he's got a uh, half American – Half English, half American. Listen, I want a bulldog really bad. Um, I'm not going to be able to get that, but we're going to try to get something hypoallergenic to the best of our abilities. Uh, it's going to have a doodle in it, probably. But so I, uh, I thought you were getting this done today. Anyway, we can talk. No, about we're it. not getting it done today. I, I went and saw that dog at the shelter today, and uh, he was. Uh, I think somebody had slipped at some meth. Okay. Um, that was one of the that was one of the most insane animals I've ever been around, and it was uh, it was a um, it was a mix uh, like of a giant schnauzer and a standard poodle and some other dogs, and uh, it had paws about that big, and it was uh, it was about uh, five months old and weighed forty five pounds. Oh boy! So, uh, and I don't mind big dogs; I'm cool with big dogs. But uh, yeah, that one was going to be a horse, buddy. Yeah, uh, there's no question. His name was Battleship. Oh my God. Yeah, you yeah. got to steer clear of that, dude. His name the, the shelter had given him the name Battleship. Yeah, you gotta you gotta avoid that. Um all right, before we run our guest off uh, with dog talk here, I, let's get into another kind of dog talk, if you will. That's right. Let's bring on BK, Brandon Cablano. What's going on, dude? How's it going? Man, you first of all, it can't it can't go without saying um You've gained so much weight since you stopped playing. Um, <laughs> if you were only this big whenever you played, dude, how much late weight have you lost? You look amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I lost. Um, God, how much did I lose? I lost like man, I was down to like two hundred five at one point. Okay, and then, uh, but I, I've probably lost like eighty pounds, seventy or eighty pounds. I'm gonna I'm Thank gonna tell you, you the first time I saw you on the sideline after uh, you had graduated, I went up to this is a true story. I went up to somebody and I was like, Is Brandon Cablano sick? Is he, <laughs> like, is he gonna be okay? Because that I'm not sure that's who that is. <laughs> so I know I had a lot of people um just like not not recognize me at all in the slightest bit. And um and I mean that that was pretty funny, and that was like right after I played. So I was, some people still knew who I was, but um, I could just I could walk by, no one, no one, no have have a clue. Um, if I if I were you with that precipitous weight drop, I would have had to screw around with some people. Like I would have had to like messed around. Like, yeah, man, I got a rare blood disorder. <laughs> I'm gonna be going to Amsterdam here in about six weeks to try some experimental treatments. They're gonna they're gonna give me the blood of a kangaroo or something like oh, that. You know, just really drop some stuff on people. That'd have been a good idea. I should have uh, I should have used that trick, but I didn't. <laughs> So what are you up to now? What what's what's life after football like for you, man? It's good. Yeah, I'm uh I'm in Atlanta. Um got married not too long ago and um just working, you know, back to the back to the regular life and um what line of work are you in? I do real estate, real estate okay. development. And so yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um started a company four years ago and uh, just growing the company and um yeah having fun and you know nothing crazy nothing, you, nothing exciting i can tell you that are you are you are you like focused in any specific area in terms of like i mean uh, residential commercial but also like in the atlanta area uh you know i know you're a walton guy so you're you kind of up in uh, marietta 
Yeah, we uh, we develop a commercial kind of all over the southeast, really. Um, Carolinas and Florida and Alabama and kind of all over the place. And so, um, the, honestly, actually nothing in Atlanta, which is surprising. Yeah, I, I got to say, if 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 I was not doing business in Atlanta, I might have a hard time living in Atlanta, personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just I, I just swung through I, there today, and it was rough. I get that from my wife all the time. Yeah, I'm, there's not there's not a lot more to build in Atlanta, is my feeling. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's we're full. Yeah, it's pretty packed out. <laughs> so, life after football, you you didn't. I mean, I, I think you did. You got the undrafted free agent thing, and and did some did some workouts, did some camp invites. I'm not sure exactly how that went. Maybe you could tell us here real quick, but. What was it like? How hard was it to, to to lay it down and move on? Yeah, I um, I was with the Ravens for some time, and then um, and then after that, I I got back to Atlanta, and um, I kind of was like, I you know, I I wasn't really trying the hardest to make it, and you know, I wasn't going to go do all the XFL or anything like that, and. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it was a it was a hard transition though. I mean, you go from you know football all day, every single day, and um, you know just kind of free. You know, you're a little bit more free in that, and it's definitely a different culture than like an office culture. And so, um, yeah, going into my first job and sitting in an office for ten hours a day was pretty brutal. Um, to start, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a, this is like going to prison." But <laughs> um, but like, I just go to this office park every day. It's the same thing, and so um, no, it was a hard transition, but um, it's part of life, I guess, you know. And so, um, luckily, I. Got out of the job and got into the entrepreneurial world, and that's uh, that's made the transition a, a heck of a lot better. Yeah, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys now. I mean, if you'd come along in this era, Brandon, who knows? You could have played seven, eight, maybe ten years at this place. I, I mean, know. guys are getting all kinds of waivers. You could be hanging around just riding the college. And I'd be like $2 million richer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have a little change in your pocket. Yeah. yeah. I'd have, I'd have hustled every business guy in Atlanta. <laughs> just just break it in that NIO money. Oh, yeah. So um, so you're telling me that you would rather have been out there hand fighting with John Atkins than you know during what during good on good and practice than than being at the office for 10 hours a day. Is that right? Oh yeah. I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather be going up against sweaty John John. Than, uh, <laughs> than be, sitting staring at four walls all day yeah that that makes sense man that makes sense uh i i can tell you from a couple of old high school teachers like Roos and myself uh teaching high school wasn't much better buddy uh, yeah. it was, <laughs> that was pretty yeah. shitty too yeah at least you're working for yourself man yeah yeah uh, no so take us back a little bit brandon i mean obviously uh you know you uh you moved around a little bit on the offensive line worked with several coaches in your time on the offensive line um, I'm just curious, man, when you look back on your career, what are some of the standout moments for you? 
Oh, gosh. I don't, you know, every time I talk about Georgia football now, I'm like, I mean, it was like the best four years of my life, no doubt. But I'm like, man, I just got, I'm like, we were the four shittiest years. Of, you know, it's like 20, you know, you look back at it now, it's like 2013 or 2012, lost Alabama SEC championship. And then year after I leave, we got a national championship. Um, but I mean, really, I think the, the highlights of playing were just being with the guys. I mean, it's like, that's, I think if I miss, and I think I asked like all of my, all my buddies that I'm still close with today, like you ask them all what they miss is just hanging out with the guys. Um, I promise you no one misses hitting um, at all um, or practices, but uh, team and camaraderie, um, you know, those, those are, those are hard to beat for sure. So you don't miss the the busing over to the intramural fields while they were building the indoor. You don't miss that. Oh my god, <laughs> y'all remember that? that y'all, I, dude, I remember. Yeah. We bust over too, but we didn't have to bust over with a bunch of smelly three hundred pounders either. I mean, that was the most ridiculous. You know, even even I look back now, I'm like, y'all could really not like how much money is the program making? You couldn't find a practice field. We couldn't. We couldn't make this so the practice field wasn't at the facility. Um, yeah, we were driving. I mean, yeah, we were probably driving an hour a day. We were probably spending 15, 30 minutes on that bus. Yeah. Out there, back. And uh, and the, I don't know if you remember, but there were those solar panels um, yeah. next, next to the field, which made it like a thousand times hotter. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'll never forget during camp it was like the hottest day during camp and um god i remember like ron was like dripping sweat and the coaches were passing out and um i was like man this is what in the world have we gotten into out here um but yeah i don't miss that now they've now they've got the indoor and Living the high life now. The Ferrari, uh, the Ferrari leather, or whatever seats that they've got in the locker room. Uh, they've taken yeah. the track field. They've taken the track away from the track team now. They're gonna put uh put extra fields over there. Um, yeah. So they're gonna move them out to where y'all were practicing back then. So they were, <laughs> telling me the track team needs to worry about those solar panels. Then. Yeah, it's about time. I mean, that's what they should have done. They should have built the indoor right there in the first place, but your uh, your parents decided to birth you at the wrong time to be a Georgia football player. I know you, uh, you like you said you I you know. came through. You oh came no no through. what no and listen we got I'm gonna blame this I'm gonna blame this on Brandon because I know Brandon's Jewish, but he should have gone on a Mormon mission and then yep. he really hit it <laughs> like he could have hit it in stride. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, like one of my best friends is uh, like. Glenn Welch and you know he yeah he could have played the national championship year he just decided that he was gonna go while and move on with life and oh we all give him shit all the time <laughs> so you're talking about he could have played he could he could have played the 2017 season yeah 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 that'd have been fun man he got a chance to experience that Rose Bowl um which would have been uh, yeah. a blast uh yeah. so Take me back to kind of the transition. Um, 
you were there when Rick gets fired. You were there when Kirby gets hired, and you were there for the first year under Kirby. Um, what was that whole thing like for you guys? Because you know, I mean, I, I'm assuming I, I bet it's a player by player thing. Some players were probably like, "Man, it was crazy," and other players were like, "I just, you know, kind of, you know, whatever." It was, it was still Georgia. But what was it like for you? Yeah, I. Um, if anything, I felt like it was like, it was like being in a. It was like being in a household the last year of Rick where like you got crazy, you maybe you have like a crazy step sibling or something and people are running all over the place to go to like coming home with Kirby. You know, it's like um, just a big change in the program. And I mean, you know, I love Coach Rick and, um, but we all know there was a lot of stuff happening those last year or two um in the program just facilities and staff and um and coach smart coming in just kind of like changed the direction but to me i mean that I, I knew coach smart from when he recruited me at alabama so and i think a lot of the kids did honestly um, yeah. and so i don't think it was necessarily like a massive change to a lot of kids and now there are some on there that probably were never going to be recruited to Alabama at the time and so to them yeah it was a big big shock and if the coaches didn't want you on the team I'm sure it was a big shock um but yeah I, I thought it was a I thought it was a smooth transition and um and we were young I mean we had a young team his first year uh, that was, I think we had Eason was our quarterback and mm-hmm. um, had a lot of young players that ended up being really, really good. Um, just had a had a young team and just he was getting in the new culture. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess, you know, can you kind of compare the styles? I mean, obviously, like you said, they're, they're two different kind of, you know, Rick, I think people who've met him would say maybe a bit warmer, maybe a bit more. Uh, amenable, um, maybe more of a shake hands and, and kiss babies kind of guy. Kirby Smart, really not too interested in kissing your baby. Yeah, yeah. I think the I think the big differences were, um, I think Coach Smart was just so like everything Coach Smart does is very calculated, and um, you know it's like every minute of every day is scheduled, planned and executed in some sort of fat it's you know it's almost like being an army to an extent and um yeah it just wasn't really the way with coach rick and nothing again you know it's nothing against coach rick that was just the style of um and like i think times just were changing and like in college football too i mean you know it's like you're going from i mean you know, these are like the small things, but you think about like our freshman year at Georgia, we were getting the most we could get from food from the program was a bagel and a PB. Like that was it, bagel and cream cheese. That was like the allowed list to Coach Smart. There was Chick Fil A breakfast, or you know, and it's like just just like a total. And I mean, I know that that's food stuff, but like just everything was a dynamic shift. I think just in college football in general, as the years went on. 
You're not the first guest of this show who was around during the transition who has also brought up the food differences. Davin Bellamy uh, brought up the, the uh, I, I believe now, the infamous uh, Jeremy Pruitt blow-up about no wonder our guys can't gain weight. This is all they all they you're giving them snacks. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think he even mentioned one of them got hurled across the room at one point. Um, it was uh, <laughs> actually a pretty funny story. Uh, so it wasn't what it wasn't really serious in hindsight. It's, it's very funny, actually. So, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, we talk a lot of Pruitt on this show, yeah. We, we talk a lot about I'm sure. <laughs> what's he uh what's he doing he is uh, I, I believe he's helping his dad his dad's a high school football coach and i believe he's just kind of taking it easy you know doing doing the i mean he made a lot of money doing this thing and i think he's just kind of taking yeah. it easy I, I think he'll be back in the college game at some point um you know i know yeah. he had a chance to take some head high school coaching jobs this past year uh, but i think he might be a little bit hesitant to do that um because yeah. i think he wants to get into like an off-field role on a staff and I mean, you know, listen. There may have been some shenanigans and some and some frustrations over kind of the things, the way things were going there at the end of Coach Rick's tenure. Listen, it was 15 years. It's hard to it's hard to keep that bicycle, you know, driving perfectly for 15 straight years. Yeah. Um, but um, and and Coach Pruitt wasn't used to losing. But you know, I think everybody would agree he's damn good football coach. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I mean, a lot of the change that happened at Georgia was because of him. I mean, right. you know, like, had he not come in and kind of almost, like, shake the tree, I mean, how many more years were they going to let Coach Smart be on um, mm -hmm. or Coach Rick to be on? Um, and what would have happened to Coach – I mean, like that, I mean, those two years, they were – everyone in the world, everyone in the country was calling Coach Smart to get him a job. Um, so I think he, you know – did he go about it the right way most of the times? Probably not, but um, he went about it. I mean, he, he, you know, he knows how to win, and he's a great coach. He just didn't uh, didn't always practice the best what best things. <laughs> so, well, what I, I want to ask you this one before I forget because I've meant to ask you a couple times and I keep forgetting. What was it like playing for for Georgia fan favorite? The legend Sam Pittman. Oh yeah, Coach Pittman was the best, um, the absolute best. I think you know I only had him for like a year, but um, I mean he, you know, he loves on everyone like you're a son. He, uh, you know, he doesn't have any kids, and so um, he's just he, he's he's as about as as good as they come, and he's one of the best coaches out there by far. I mean, and I think I, everyone I know still roots for him. Um, everyone I know wants him to be successful at Arkansas. And um, I know whenever we get to watch his games, we watch them. And, you know, we're always rooting for Coach. But he's he's salt to the earth, good guy, good recruiter, good coach, and uh, good good figure in people's lives. Now, am I mistaken that you had to – I believe it was the year that you were under Pittman that you had to transition to center, right? I went to center um, – I went to center when Rob Sale came. Okay, uh, okay. I couldn't recall the time frame on that. Yeah, I think I went to center – yeah, my junior year I went to center. 
how how difficult was that transition for you to uh, uh, go go through that and and just experience that? Because I mean, look, that's everybody knows that's that's not an easy position to play. I know guards not either, but you've got another responsibility on your hand with snapping the ball. Yeah, um, no, it was tough. Um, it was really hard, and I wasn't the best snapper in the world, um, so it was really hard. But hell, I mean, I had I not done that. I would, there's no way I would have played. I mean, I, even in my senior year, I was like, how the hell am I still playing? Like Isaiah Wynn was my backup. Uh, <laughs> my junior, he was my backup my junior year. And um, I mean, Zay, like, I mean, obviously he's by far a much better football player than I am. Uh, and so I was just fortunate to be in the position I was, but that was a hard that was a hard transition but uh one that i enjoyed i mean i liked kind of being the little quarterback of the line and and running things and and it was good art you know especially helped in our seat my senior year when easton was there and, and my junior year too when we had 15 quarterbacks uh, <laughs> phaeton baton yeah, um, as as Coach Pruitt once referred to him. Uh, so, um, I, if I remember correctly, playing center involved a YouTube video. Um, I think you didn't you didn't you like between spring and camp have to look up on YouTube a different way to snap the football? Yeah, because I couldn't spring like I just couldn't figure it out. I couldn't get the I couldn't get the spiral right, and so I was just googling that online and uh <laughs> and i found a way just kind of over the top and so the knuckleball back there the knuckleball and um ended up being good but i mean i i mean it's probably like I, I don't think a lot of people realize like when you if you really watch a center snaps like they're 99 of them maybe except for like david andrews who was like spectacular at snapping 99% of the snaps are like full lying all over the place. I mean, they're like, they're all over, like quarterbacks are playing wide receiver back there most of the time. And um, yeah, and you can get in your head with that stuff too. Like I'll never forget like the night, the day before we played UNC, um, I guess that was Kirby's year. Mm-hmm. Um, in the dome, I like got in my head and I was like, fuck, I can't, I don't remember how to snap uh, <laughs> <laughs> out of nowhere. I was like totally in my head, but me and my roommates were sitting in the front yard off of, uh, like Springer street over by Canes and I'm just snapping. I, we've got like five balls snapping the ball. I was like, I gotta, I gotta get this figured out. <laughs> I was like, it was like Thursday before the game. Uh, uh, now, Brandon, I know um, you, uh, like you said, you you were there during kind of the transition years and, and maybe missed out on some good stuff too. But how cool is it? I mean, just watching what Georgia has grown into in that time and in, in these recent years and knowing that you were a big part of the uh, groundwork that was laid, being there for Kirby's first year, just kind of seeing where it's all at now. Um, you know, what kind of pride do you take in that? And, and how does that feel for you, man? Hey, and if yeah. I and if I can real quick to add on to that, did you did you see it coming? Like, you know, in addition to his question, kind of all in one, did you see it coming? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, that's awesome. I'm 
so happy for those guys and um, for everyone that's won since we've been there. Um, you know, they all deserve it. They all work crazy, crazy hard. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think that Kirby just, you know, had a shift in recruiting. And if you looked at, I mean, even if you looked at my class 2013, I think what's happening now is like a lot of these guys are just staying in state. And I mean, had you taken my class, the 2013 class of just the guys that were in state and they didn't go out of state, hell, we would have had a freaking crazy good team. Um, we had some big time players that, you know, Kandichi brothers and uh, Carl Lawson and, and all those guys have offers from Georgia. Just we weren't, we couldn't recruit uh, or we couldn't pay uh, like the rest of the guys. All right. So we ask uh, in closing here, we ask everybody the same two questions to kind of wrap it up. And uh, um, my question is always, uh, listen, you've, you're dead and you've, you're standing above your own body. You get a chance to plan your own funeral. Who's, who's giving you the homecoming? Who's, who's eulogizing um, you? It can be anybody dead or alive. Um, who's getting a chance to send you into the afterlife? Oh, man. Um, who is giving my, my speech? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe old Greg. Maybe Greg Pike. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, feel, I, I haven't seen him in a while, but I feel like he would just – I feel like he just really bring it home for me. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? Do you even know what he's doing now? What is old Pike? Yeah, here? he's uh, coaching at his high school uh, back up in Maryland. He's boys engaged. Latin. Yeah, boys Latin engaged. Uh, I think he's getting married pretty soon. Um, coming up, and so uh, I haven't talked to him in I don't know a few months or so, but. Uh, no, he's doing good though. Good, that's good to hear, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, yeah. Pike was, uh, uh, Pike was you, you. I mean, you guys were you guys were bringing it for the, all the redheaded guys. So we, oh, yeah. we I know I know they were they were loving that out there. Uh, oh, yeah. Brandon, my question that I ask everybody, and I'm curious as to your answer here, uh, is um, what is the worst hotel room that you've ever stayed in? Oh, I, this is this one's easy. When we played <laughs> old, when we played Ole Miss, uh, I don't know where the hell we stayed, but it was like the freaking middle of nowhere, and that was the worst hotel I have ever been to in my life, and the worst food I have ever had in my life. <laughs> um, it it must have been like forty five minute, minutes outside of Ole Miss. I don't know, and you know, Coach Rick loved to do that shit where. You'd stayed like an hour outside of the, an hour outside of like where you played, which made absolutely no sense. What what and, year would that have been? Because I know y'all played at Ole Miss. No, no, I guess I guess that was uh, smart. Was there? I guess there was probably just no hotel. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, they've got the same problem as Athens does for probably opposing teams. Is it's hard to find one in town. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I couldn't remember if they had one in like I couldn't remember if y'all played Ole Miss in thirteen or fourteen. I knew you didn't in fifteen, so I couldn't remember if actually you'd played there. Um, yeah, y'all yeah, probably had to stay in Tupelo or something or or somewhere outside of Tupelo. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty far, but it was pretty pretty shitty hotel. 
<laughs> you never forget. You never forget. If I'm not mistaken, I think I think Bell I think Bellamy also told us something along those lines, but then he reversed course and went to a place that he stayed at while uh doing camp. I think they stayed in 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 like uh in NFL camp one year. They stayed at one hotel that was haunted. And yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it had him like it had him kind of scared, scared to death a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Brandon, thanks so much for your time, man. And I hope uh, I hope you make yeah. enough money to start your own bank or something, man. I mean, I know you're I know you're a smart dude, and I know you're going to be successful. And uh, we we appreciate you taking out some of your time to hang out with us. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, All right, Brandon Cablano. At, yeah. Listen. You got to love offensive as, linemen. As long as I've ever known him, always that chill, always that kind of laid back. Um, you know, just I don't know, man. He, that that cat's never going to have blood pressure problems. Yeah, sure. No, not not like that. Absolutely not. How just measured and easy. Um, but I, I got to tell you, man, he like he looks good. Like he looks happy. He does. Um, you know, like. Cablano was one of those guys you would see him around the building and you would be like, that dude is pissed off. All yeah. Time. Like he, he had a, like a snarl to him almost yeah. uh, when he was, when he was playing in Georgia. Strong as one strong son of a gun too. Like so incredibly strong in the weight room. He had to be, you know I mean? Right there. I mean, probably sub six foot two, um, you know, probably, you know, maybe around 300 pounds, like 295. Um, you know, but but you know, did some good things in Georgia. To me, probably played on one of the better offensive lines in Georgia history. That 2014 crew that everybody knew it was Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb, or Sony Michelle running the ball, and nobody could stop it. Sure. And uh, and Georgia just kind of ran it all over everybody that year. Went ten and two. Probably should have been better than that. Had to had the little slip ups against South Carolina and Florida. But hey, man, there's a reason he got a chance to play for Kirby. Um, and and it's because things didn't just you know light it up under Rick there at the end. And so. to be center too, I mean, you know, to be elevated to that position and the responsibility that comes along with that—that's why I wanted to ask him about it because, I mean, that's you don't see that just a ton. Uh, most of those guys, you know, Georgia right now has got a center pipeline kind of rolling in terms of setting guys up uh, for the next one. You don't see them pulling over a guy who's been playing guard for two years and, and putting him in a spot like that. So, yeah. Well, uh, for now, um, you know, everybody gather around. Grab your video cameras. We're jaking off. <laughs> That's what we're about to do. We're about to get going here. Um, and uh, hey, listen, you know, I, we were talking about the dog thing earlier, and um, you know, I've never really have asked you this. Um, pets, pups, memorable ones. Uh, do you think you'll ever be a pet owner again? Tell me, Jake, what Jake Roos's overall philosophy is concerning uh, four-legged friends. Um, so I would say that I am a bit, I, animals to me are like children. Um, they're not, I I'm, I'm okay to interact with other people's. I don't necessarily want my own. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm cool to hang out with your dog, pet your dog, you know, come over, feed it. Uh, but for the most part, I, perhaps it's uh, pure selfishness on my part that I don't want to take the time to do that at my own home. Also too, I'm just kind of like in and out a lot. I feel like I, you know, um, I'm not always around the house. Um, and so I can't, I, I don't want to be one of those people that brag brings the dog everywhere. Um, that's, I don't, I don't like that. It's not my favorite thing. So 
I, I'm with dogs. Um, I had a couple dogs that I really loved when I was a kid. Um, but it was one of those things, man. Like when I was a kid, like our dogs just like got ran over all the time. And, you know, they were outside dogs. And so they were all just, they were, and I, I've told my parents this, like my mom and stepdad, when I was a kid, we only had outside dogs. Now they have three dogs that live inside the house and two outside dogs. And I'm like, you know, they, they dote over the house dogs. They, they're like the new children. And I'm like, what the hell happened? Like when I was a kid, when I was a kid, the dog got crushed and everybody was just like, oh, well. And I was like, oh my God, you know, like it, it devastated me. I was hurt by it, but I'm, I'm sorry that your dogs got run over, but I'm also happy that that experience was for somebody else because it also happened to me several times and, <laughs> okay. and you know, just the outside dogs, they get out, you know, they get out by the, by the dirt road and they chase cars and sometimes they get got, you know, and, sure. um, but yeah, I mean, I, I always, I always wondered if I was, if that made me white trash that my dogs got ran over. I think it does. It I does. Think, I, I think, but, I, but I'm telling you that I'm also in this as well. So yeah. uh, don't feel so bad about yeah, it. Yeah. I'm, I'm more like redneck white trash. You're hillbilly Tennessee white trash, you know? Yeah, so. Sure. Sure. <laughs> You're North Florida white trash. Oh. Uh, all right. So my question for you is, um, in regards, well, I would I just blanked on it. I had one purpose. Oh no, I remember it. Here it is. Here it came back to me. Uh, drugs. So somebody asked, somebody Don't asked me drugs, this question. Kids. We're almost out of the first month of the year, uh, but I am curious. Uh, I feel like we're still close enough to 2023 to ask this question. What was your biggest accomplishment of last year? Man, I thought you were about to ask me what was my favorite month of January in 40 years. <laughs> um. Biggest co- accomplishment of last year, or like thing you were most proud of, some you know anything. It would, would, yeah. I tell you what, I, for about four years running, I've been really proud that I have not made another kid. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know I think I deserve a pat on the back for that. Um, <laughs> uh, four years running, no kids made uh, by me, which is a good thing. Um, you know, I don't know, man. Um, Gosh, you really caught me off guard with that one. Because, um, you know, if you'd asked me this last January, I'd have said, you know, moving into a new house and, and buying a sure. new house or, or getting a job with, with 24 or get 24. Oh, on three. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, um, you know, I, I will say professionally, one of my one of the things I wanted to develop in was kind of get a little bit more into the recruiting space and get to the point where, you know, you could get a hold of the high school kids, get some scoop every now and then, um, you know, and that was something I really got out of, you know, working at 24-7 and being a strictly a team beat writer. But with Palmer doing as much as he does was, as far as covering the team day today, I've been able to kind of dig into the recruiting spaces a little bit. And, um, yeah, I was able to kind of scoop some stuff out this year and and, you know, kind of – um, you know, help Rusty out in, in that way um, from that perspective. Uh, but, yeah, I would say not making any babies and being a better recruiting reporter, I think probably uh, my, my proudest moments of, of this year. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe starting Bark After Dark. You know, maybe we That's get true. Bark. We did start Bark After Dark last year. We did. We did. We started it in February. We actually got the one-year episode, uh, one-year anniversary episode coming up in uh, – I don't know if everybody knows this yet or not, but uh, we've got former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice coming on. 
I don't know why. I just think of the first name that comes to mind. It's almost always a political figure. Yeah, we, we've got uh, we've got the guy who voiced the characters of Fraggle Rock joining us. <laughs> who is that? I don't know. I, I'm sure it was somebody. I, probably Jim Henson. If I'm yeah, you that. normally you know obscure names like that. No, um, no, I'm surprised I don't. To be honest with who, you. So, so who would be the absolute number one? Who would be your absolute number one? guest dead or alive for bark after dark oh man that's a tough question jake um i mean one of them would definitely have to be chuck Dowdle. the yeah. no chuck Dowdle came on my show would would blow my mind like i we've talked i feel like we've talked about it on the show i love chuck Dowdle. i grew up watching him the first time that my family really kind of accepted the fact that I was working in this space was when I told them I was going on the radio with Chuck Dowdle. And they were like, they were like, Oh my God, Chuck Dowdle. Incredible. Like you. <laughs> um, so I think that they didn't think I was crazy anymore at that point. Um, you know, I'd love to get, um, boy, that's, that is a tough, tough question. Um, I mean, I, I just because of what I, what I would honestly, I would love to get Kirby on this show Be, yeah. to, to not, to not talk Georgia football. I would like to talk to, because I feel like Kirby, he, he would either, it would either be a lot of fun or he'd be done with us in two minutes. <laughs> sure. Kirby's just not somebody that I feel like I know very much about him personally. Right. Yeah. You know, it, he's so football and it's like the whole time I've been coming up, uh, you know, really in college, even like the whole time I've, been aware uh kirby smart has been football focused um so i would really just like to kind of chew the fat with kirby man i'd like to see you know i think he's probably a pretty cool guy i don't know if you could if you can if you get him away from that and and uh I don't, that would be my he'd be one of my picks for sure yeah um you know dead or alive um i think we could chop it up pretty good with anthony bourdain Oh, I would love to talk to Bourdain. Yeah, I think we could. I think we could have some fun talking with Anthony Bourdain. Um, I don't know. I just. I kind of get. I kind of. I've. I kind of. I've read some things about him, and I've heard some people talk about him in interviews. Over, I mean, recently, I, he's actually been on my mind a lot lately. Um, relatively, I mean, I'm like not not nonstop or anything, but like I've been, you know, he's definitely has come into my my sphere, my my thinking a lot more lately, and you know, a lot of the way people talk about it, I'm kind of like, you know what, I, th I think he could find some some fun in people like us, you know, like people that just are not that don't take themselves too seriously, and uh, um, you know, I mean, he's he was always kind of a big advocate for the service worker and uh, and and kind of what they not I, I am too. I mean, hell, I'll give bad service a twenty dollar, I'll be a twenty percent tip most of the time. Um, just because I've done it before and it's hard work, but, um, our man, Evan Grimes, he was, uh, he was chowing on some pasta. <laughs> Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. You're, you're excused for being late. Well, you're good uh, to go. But yeah, yeah I think Anthony Bourdain would be a lot of fun on here. Nah, Bourdain would be amazing. There's, there's no doubt about it. He'd that. really wake some people the hell out if, if we got him on here right now. You know who's somebody I, who's another watch? another yeah that would yeah would a seance uh, perhaps yeah. um, another one that popped up tonight as and somebody that I unfortunately and I don't know why he'd been off of my mind but it, somebody mentioned his name and I hadn't thought about him in a long time was John Madden okay God, boom he's on his back 
dude, listen, you do not know the hours that I put into Madden 03, Madden 04. I play, I mean, played the ever-loving shit out of him. And that's when he was still on commentary for the games. And uh, it was, I mean, that stuff is burned into my memory. So, you know, it's like those Lee Corso sayings uh, from, from NCAA 09. I'll bet dollars to donuts, you know, like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, Madden would be amazing. He's he, I, And I said tonight when I heard his name, I said, man, I miss John Madden. John Madden was like a, a seminal voice in, in my life. Reminds me of the time when a, when a common friend of ours and myself at about about one o'clock in the morning decided, Hey man, you want to get Madden? Yeah, we went to Walmart <laughs> and we spent about 30 minutes walking around the whole store at 1 AM trying to find an employee to unlock the, who then in turn <laughs> had a hard time finding the keys to unlock the the thing to sell us Madden um, at 1 AM. And uh, yes, we did return and, and got a dynasty started or not a dynasty started, but a franchise, uh, or a franchise started immediately. So yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. That was uh, that was good times. All right, Bark After Dark, we'll be back with you next week. Now, listen, after next week's episode, we're going to take the rest of February off, but we thought we needed to end the first year of the bang. Guest still to be announced, but if it's if it's who I think it's going to be, you guys are going to be very satisfied. You're Bringing a very, banger. Yeah, banger. Uh, we've got two guys in mind, actually, and whoever doesn't come on um, next week will we'll kick us off in March, but uh, – you guys need to uh, make make sure to check that out, and also we've got um, uh, we've got the Georgia show AM uh, Tuesday and Thursday. Rusty and I'll be with you tomorrow morning, and then again on Thursday morning. But for this episode of Bark After Dark, we're out of here. See ya. Woof woof. Arr. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.